0: On today's episode of the Career Packs Podcast, we have our first official guest. Her name is Nista Dube, an incredible person who's a TEDx speaker, self discovery mindset coach, and an author of her very own book called Beyond the Skin. If you guys have been enjoying the recent episodes, make sure to like, follow, share this with a friend, and follow us on all socials at the Career Packs Podcast. We're going to have more amazing guests on in the near future, just like this one that I have prepared for you guys today. Thank you all so much, and let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 52 of the Korea Pacts podcast. My name is Neil Patel. I'm your host for the pod, and on this pod, we combine creativity and impact and hopes to give more than I can get. And today, we have an incredible person uh, joining us on the pod. She is a TEDx speaker, a self-discovery mindset coach. An author of a book called Beyond the Skin, known for her incredible mindfulness and manifestation techniques, helping people find their inner peace, and a host of a top 30 self discovery podcast called Conversations with Nista, and one of my first friends in the content space. So, without further ado, please welcome Nista Dube.
1: Hi, Neil. Thanks so much for having me. I was just going to say, like, we met back when you and I both were. In early, early days of yeah. building out our personal brands. I want to say it was like 2020.
0: Yeah. I think I think that's when I really tried to make the shift in trying to do something like a mm-hmm. podcast or something like content. And then I kind of just didn't do it. I had a bunch of like fear based stuff. And then, you know, you started doing it. And I was like, you know what? Like this past couple months, I was like, I just gotta, I just gotta get started. So um First off, again, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a busy person. And I, throughout this past week, ever since we scheduled this, I consumed a good amount of your content. You're big on manifestation of your reality and finding purpose and things like that. And I think we do share like some similar passions like teaching, speaking, um, being real and authentic about our journeys. So I'm going to get right into it. Um, I always like to ask a question that just helps us helps me connect with the person I'm talking to. What is something that you're struggling with right now?
1: Oh my gosh. It's so funny that you asked me that today because today has been one of like, and I think I've just been going through like ups and downs and figuring out my, my personal brand and what direction to really gain more consistency and clarity on um, for a while now. And so I have, days where it just all like the intrusive thoughts and the lack of clarity really really get to me and today's been one of those days. So um I don't know it's it's debilitating like sometimes it really like takes over me and I get overwhelmed and more specifically what's coming up is just a lack of not even a lack actually I think it's an overwhelm of options because I'm just mm-hmm. someone and you might relate to this who's really multi-hyphenate and so I enjoy doing a ton of different things. I'm I'm good at doing a ton of different things, but I'm not a master of one thing. And so, you know, as people could probably tell with that intro, it's like I, I've dabbled a little bit into each of these areas of, of um, if you want to call it building out a brand or modalities for sharing my message. But at the end of the day, it's like, if I had to pick one, I don't really know what that would be. I don't really know what that looks like. And that's the stage I'm at right now in my, in my business and personal brand is honing in on one of the many things I've started. And so that's where I'm really, I'm struggling. There's like a fear I have of almost missing out of other things if I Mm -hmm. do pick one. Um, and so that sometimes really stunts me and I just get into this, this place where I freeze and I don't know what to do. And so today was one of those days, um, Yeah. And that's, that's something I haven't really shared openly yet. So I'm I'm glad you asked
0: that. Yeah, I think, I think it's a great way to connect with someone just asking, you know, what they're struggling with, what they're, what they're vulnerable about. And I think your journey is one that's, you know, super interesting. So, you know, I did a little bit of, you know, homework and um, I know that you have a really cool journey. So I know you, you know, you've you're a TEDx speaker, you know, of course you've written a a book, which I know was written in like nine days, by the way. Oh my gosh, wait,
1: how (laughs) do you know that? (laughs) Um,
0: And um, you have an amazing business um, that I want to talk more about later. So I have like a bunch of things that I want to dive into, but I think it'll be beneficial for a lot of, you know, the listeners of this pod because a lot of people I feel like today are in that figuring it out phase, especially People like in our age, like Gen Z, even millennials. So, if you can tell me a little bit about your story, where it first started, and what got you that itch of potentially starting that like content journey. Mm
1: -hmm. Wait, if I can ask you, I'm just curious. Do Mm -hmm. you want to share with your audience what you're struggling with as well?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, one of the things that I've been struggling with right now is kind of figuring out why. I'm doing what I'm doing. I think, I think we all get into that like self doubt type of stuff. Right. And it's, it's like the thing where we all want like results quickly, but the idea of like staying consistent for a very, very long period of time, I think there's something super fulfilling about that. And the reason I struggle with that is because I've always struggled with consistency in all aspects of my life. So this podcast for me, um, although i've been consistent for like 50 straight days i still have that like or 52 i guess when the people are listening which is but incredible yeah so and i'm on a journey to try to do it for a whole year cuz um but yeah i think i think that's what i've been struggling with is that and then also a bigger thing is like now that i'm doing this i have even if like many people many people don't listen to this or if i don't have a big following yet um and i'm sure you can relate to this is like practicing what you preach I think that is very important in anything. So I think that's something that I'm struggling with right now. Cause it's like, Oh Neil, remember you said this on this pod, but why are you doing this right now? Or like, why are you like, Hey, hold back on this. Like you don't have like, this isn't a replication of like who you are when you speak to your people. So I think that's something that I'm yeah. struggling with right now.
1: No, thank you for sharing that. I just wanted to ask cause like at least something that I do in my podcast is I love keeping it conversational. And I just wanted to like explore that, that added layer to, to what's going on with you. Cause it's like, I think we all have that vulnerable side and a lot of people are really scared to, to let it out. And especially with, you know, you and me putting our work out there on social media, I think it can be really easy for people to, you know, hear that you've been doing your podcast for 52 straight days or hear, okay, this, this girl put together this book in nine days and think like like, damn, like, why, why isn't it clicking for me like that? Or like, why can't I do that? And I just, I think it's so important for us being in this space right now to be like, as raw as we can about the fact that we're going through it too. And it's just a matter of finding yeah. what clicks. And I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know for either of us if, you know, we can say we've confidently like found that thing, but I think it's, it's the figuring it out phase. That's honestly been like the most beautiful part of it for me.
0: It's it's like the just take it one day at a time type of thing. That's All literally right. it and no you're right. I think I think a, on a lot of my podcasts and I don't know if you've listened to any but like I'm very like vulnerable and open about the things that I struggle with about about like my life and my family and stuff like that. And I'll get I'll get into it a little bit um based on some of the questions that I'll ask a little bit later, but yeah that's some of the stuff that I'm struggling with right now. But if you want to just give like a brief rundown of like your story and how you got into that content journey, I think it would be great because it took me literally like two and a half years to even like press record. The fact that I'm doing this right now, is crazy. Right. So um if you wanted to like share that journey, that'd be great.
1: Totally. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just so happy for you. Cause like, I know we've kind of both had our, our own journeys with social media and just to see you like, be here and be doing this so consistently i'm like that's that's amazing because i still remember our, our early conversations but yeah i mean for me it was um 2020 i was a senior uh, at virginia tech and i think today actually yesterday marked three years from when Woo-hoo. the <laughs> pandemic turned everything into like a whole virtual almost like metaverse type
0: hot mess um, it's
1: just yeah totally sideways so um that's what I was like, okay, do I really want to do the things that I have been saying to my friends that I want to do? Like I was going to job fairs. I was applying to consulting jobs. I interned at a tech company the summer before and kind of had a full-time job offer interview on the table. Those things were right in front of me. And the first time that I had stillness was literally when this pandemic forced us to be in our houses. And um, I was like, okay, great. I have nowhere to escape right now, except for just being with my thoughts. And so that's when I got louder and louder. That little voice in me was like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And I'll be honest ever since I was little. And, um, and this is a little intuition hack that I tell people to do for anything. But if you were to ask me, okay, Nista, envision your dream life. Like, what are you going to do when you grow up? Envision yourself 15, 20 years from now. I was always on a stage with a mic in that vision every single time. Every single time it was that. I was on a stage with a mic and and it was like different stages around the world. And so I'd just be like on a little airplane flying in different places and that was it. It was that vision every single time. And so I was like, okay. And obviously, you know, I didn't really give that vision much power in high school or college. Um, I wasn't really spiritual. I'm saying spiritual in quotes. Um, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, at that point in my life either, so. I never really honored things like this, um, this little intuition hack that I shared. Mm-hmm. But in in 2020, at that point, um, it was just coming to me like I was not even actively trying to be a spiritual person. But it was like, weird synchronicities were just happening in my life, where I would read things on Instagram, and then it would happen in my reality, or I would, I would literally, I used to laugh at astrology. I used to laugh at like the idea of synchronicities and then it was happening to me. Like there were correlations that were just uncanny that were happening in my personal relationships, um, that were happening in my career life to the point where I was like, okay, there's some truth to this. Um, and so at that point in my life, I was at home and I was just literally meditating. I was asking the universe for signs. I was journaling and the first thing that came to me when I asked the universe for a sign, I'm like, what do I do with my life? Within 10 minutes of asking that question, I, I sat down to eat lunch, um, and my uncle was visiting that week. Um, and he's very, very, like, probably the most spiritual person I know in the sense that this man meditates nine hours a day, has dedicated wow. his whole life towards spirituality. He had a PhD in polymer science, um, polymer chemistry, sorry, from uh, NYU. And turn it all down to do this. So this wow. is, he, he is intuitive to, to a next level. And he sat me down and he was like, he had no idea I asked for a sign. I did this in private. But 10 minutes after that, we sat down for lunch. And he goes, so by the way, like, have you considered speaking? Like, you've, you've always had it in you. Like, like, are, is, are you thinking about that? And I was like, this is so bizarre because like he knew that I was also applying to jobs in the consulting tech space so for him to just say that out of nowhere was it's really weird and then I was like okay cool don't really know how to get into the world of public speaking how does one do that don't you have to have like a book or a PhD (laughs) in something like I don't I don't don't understand and so um, I was just digging through like all of those online free workshops that all those entrepreneurs and coaches put out, they're like, sign up for my free one hour, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. You know? And I was like, I need this right now. Like it's, it's, I, I never think that people should shit on those things. Cause like, there's so much value in those workshops when you're first starting out and you have nowhere, like you have no idea where to go. And so, um, I was just signing up workshop after workshop, after workshop. I'm like, how did these people get to six figures running their online businesses or, getting on stages, speaking to schools. Um, so one of my first ones was Jess Ekstrom. She's a, a really awesome, um, uh, public speaker today, goes to schools, goes to universities. And she shared her first story of speaking at a school for free, where they literally offered her a slice of pizza in exchange for her time. And then the next talk that she booked, I believe they, they paid her 2k. Um, and wow. so that was her jump, and I was like, "Okay, there's something out here. I need to, I need to crack the code." And um, that's where content started. So, that's I was, awesome. I was YouTubing twice a week. Um, slowly awesome. went into TikTok, podcasting, and everything just kind of unraveled from there.
0: What is your um, main channel? Because I, I saw your conversations with Nissa. Um, channel you have, you have one other one, right? As you have two, right?
1: Um, so, are you talking about my YouTube?
0: Yeah, yeah, your your YouTube.
1: Yeah. So, what happened with YouTube is, um, I don't remember why I started a brand new channel. I either I did that on accident. Something happened. I did not mean to have like a separate YouTube channel. Yeah. And I think I so I have my old one, which I don't use anymore. It's inactive. And then I, right. I created this new one, and I can't remember what I created it for. But That's I accepted. for your podcast, no. It, I, so I made it that now because I, oh. I, I don't know why I think I was either trying to start fresh. I think that's what it was because I think this one is linked to my business email. And so gotcha. I'm like, cool, I'm going to do all my YouTube stuff here. Gotcha. But then my last one, I still kind of already have my like somewhat of like a base and like videos out there. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to make this exclusively my podcast. So I still have to update that page. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. No, that's an amazing story. I think, um, I think COVID and throughout that time, I feel like a lot of people were in that space of like, you know, what do I do? Where do I go? And that's when everyone was home on their TikTok feeds, Instagram and stuff. So I think the idea of wanting to do content, I feel like may have gone through a lot of people's minds, but I think actually stepping into that is something that's very hard to do, but it's so like fulfilling once you actually do it. And I I think you'll actually enjoy this because, um, I'm sure like you, you talked about, you know, one, one of the, um, what was her name? Jess, what was it? Ekstrom. Jess Ekstrom, right? So um, I recently uh, went to a Jay Shetty um, live show. No he, way. Ca- you he went ca- to
1: um, Love, love, love Rules.
0: Rules. Yeah, yeah. So I went to, I went Crazy. to that on Tuesday and I was like, dude, I can't wait to talk about this with, the, with her because some of the exercises he did, some of the stuff that like the crowd work he did with people, mm-hmm. um, where are you based out of again?
1: So I'm currently right outside of D.C., Northern Virginia.
0: Yeah. So when he comes down there, you have to go. It was it was life changing. Like I've been hearing
1: incredible things and I've yeah, definitely, definitely been considering it.
0: Yeah. So and I and I know because a lot of the stuff that he talks about when I first started like wanting to do meditation, it was in I think it was like March of 2020. So like right when I moved back home after like COVID happened from Mm -hmm. like out of my university Back into the parents' house. And that's when he was doing like those 20 day challenges of like live meditation yes. every day. So, yes. so that's that's when I started doing that. And, you know, I've been super inconsistent with meditating, but I think it is such a cool form of spirituality, finding stillness and all that. So, I think that's that's actually what I want to move into next is because I know you're huge and honestly, your entire brand is based off of the mindset, spirituality, and manifestation. And I was watching one of your TikToks because, um, I wanted to just like find some stuff to specifically talk about. And there was one TikTok that you made, I think it was like early 2020. And the quote was, you are not your thoughts and emotions. You are just the observer of them. And I think that was a very, very powerful thing for me because I think spirituality, and maybe you can help me out with this, is for me, it's so many things. I think for me, it's about finding stillness amongst the craziness that's going on in our life, whether that's going for walks, meditations, long drives. For me, what I found, cold showers helps me a lot. And me growing up my entire life, I've always had a family and a household full of like conflict, drama, like lots of emotions and frustration. So I noticed I would get like angry really quickly. I would get frustrated really quickly. And it was hard to find that like neutrality in your emotions and I think for anyone who wants to like get into a spiritual journey and I want I want your take on this because I think shifting your mindset the first shift you have to make is like admitting to yourself that hey like I need to fix this like I want to I want to gain more control over my emotions and I have to make a change so I wanted to ask like how do you think people can cultivate that like positive, and growth oriented mindset when they know that, hey, my emotions, I tend to lose control of them pretty quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I think it starts with even the latter portion of that question where you said, how do people develop a positive mindset, right? I think there's so much of an emphasis in this self-improvement space to be positive, to develop a positive mindset, to develop a growth oriented mindset when really and and I think you even said this in your in your question right now I think the goal should be to be at the neutral place should be at the still place I don't think the goal at least in my opinion is to be positive I don't think the goal is to be even growth oriented I think the the goal is to actually be neutral really? and so the way that I see spirituality is actually um, it's it's funny when you're talking about stillness the first word that came to my mind is, is connectedness. That's how I see spirituality. So I used to see it as as stillness and almost like self-isolation and going inwards. Mm -hmm. And now I see it as the opposite. I see it as that's still a huge part of the journey. And that's usually when people discover spirituality, they're led to this like very still internal, almost isolated space of being. Once you've done that and you've discovered that and you've harnessed your power, you're back into the world, into the 3D reality connecting your Mm. your power you're integrating your power you're integrating your learnings your insights your wisdom with society around you and with the people around you so I that's how I see spirituality It took me a very long time to learn this to realize it's actually about connectedness and so in in terms of tips that I would I would give people I think it's um it goes back to the quote right there's an element of of awareness and observation that must be developed, and that's like a muscle that you got to practice every day. So, meditation that might not work for people, and I honor that. You know, if that doesn't work for people, then find what does. For some people, it could be as simple as like um like a somatic movement. Like every time you're noticing, you're going down a spiral of thoughts that you don't want to have, right? Um, that's another thing too, in spirituality, typically I've noticed that we avoid labels of negative or positive. So I won't even say negative thoughts. I'll just say unwanted thoughts, right? Thoughts that you don't want to have in that moment. Maybe they're intrusive. They're not conducive towards, towards the goal that you're trying to get at. So you're, you're in that spiral. Um, let's say you're like, okay, no, like screw this meditation stuff. I don't want to do this. You can do something as simple as like snap your fingers and say, stop. It's called the stop method. And Mm -hmm. typically a lot of NLP coaches use it. So you're basically um, synchronizing right now your body uh, and your somatic movements with your brain telling you to stop the thought. Again, this is a muscle that must be practiced and developed over and over. That's just another method that people can do that's really quick, that's really easy. You don't really need any tools for it. Um, Journal, um, one of the quickest ways is, is when your thoughts are just, you know, 180 miles per hour, just get them out on paper and you'll be surprised to see what happens. So whichever modality you use to develop this first step awareness, um, doesn't matter as much as the fact that you have developed the awareness. I think that's where it begins. And so once you can do that, um, I like to, I like to do a few different things there for like the second step. I either like to label the situation Um, and, and this is something I learned in psych is that sometimes labels and, uh, labeling certain situations or people in those situations, if they're really bothering us can actually be super helpful. So if you're, you know, let's say you're angry about things that happened a few years ago, certain people in your life, um, I learned this technique is that you can actually label the people in those situations with just one single word, um. Of a positive quality they have so this is more Mm. psych so that's why i'm using the word positive here like a um if if they're kind right you can go ahead and and label them as oh yeah they're a really kind person um it it comes this this tool is only used in specific cases and it doesn't take away what they've done to you it doesn't um you know bypass your healing in any way but it's just a quick a quick method to help you process and help you you know, also become open to the other side of the situation of things that have happened. So that really really helped me um, when I was going through specific things with with family members who weren't understanding what I was doing. I felt a lot of constrict- constricted energy. Um, I used that with with my family members. But another thing that I really like to do also, um, so we talked about the the labeling. Um, I'm losing my thought, my train of thought. I had it. All good. Right before I went into that. um, It'll come back to me.
0: No, it's all good. I think, I think it's super valuable. Like those like tips and tricks that you've been, that you've been giving. I think that led, that led perfectly into like what my next question was, was like, do you have like any, I think you named off a couple that would be good for like anyone who's just like starting the spiritual journey, spiritual journey is like, that's that's like the phase that I'm in. Like, it's like it's like the same thing with like the labeling. It's like sometimes like I don't know what to call it, right? Like I can call it like a spiritual journey. I I sometimes like to take on the idea of just existing and just like being in the present moment and whatever that I'm thinking, whatever that I'm going through. Like I, I love to tell myself this: the idea of like this too shall pass. That that mm-hmm. is very that is very helpful for me. So. Um, you yourself though, like, do you have like any like non-negotiable best practices that you do like almost on a daily basis? Cause in the beginning of the pod, you know, that question, you know, what you're struggling with, you mentioned, you know, today was like, you know, one of those days where lots of stuff going on. So what are those best practices that you do that helps you stay in that space of, you know, neutrality and Mm -hmm. peace?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So for me, at least my, my one non-negotiable daily that happens without fail is I, I need my daily walk, um, in the sunlight out in the sun. I need it. I, I, I will, I, I can't, I can't do without it. So that's just me. Right. And I think, um, I encourage people watching this to also, uh, go look at their human design. If they've never heard about it, you can just Google human design, totally free. It's probably the first couple links that will pop up. Um, Basically combining astrology with the chakra system with um, different uh, psych assessments as well. So if you've taken like the Myers-Briggs or um, the Enneagram, it's kind of a combination of all of those. It's it's really common in the self-improvement and entrepreneurial space right now, but it talks about um, basically your body's main way to, uh, best check in with itself and its intuition. And so mine is actually movement. So when I go out and I walk, that actually helps me more than sitting and meditating. That honestly helps me more than sitting and journaling. Um, so I think again, I encourage everyone to look at what works for them because it could be totally different for Mm -hmm. your body type versus mine, but that's my, my non-negotiable. And in terms of people who are getting into spirituality, I think, um, and the first thing that comes into mind uh two books the untethered soul and then um power of now by Eckhart Tolle. so those are that's you so probably crazy heard of them. i yeah. literally
0: um that's so funny you mentioned the power of now because the untethered soul um i was recommended by one of my like previous employers back in like 2020 uh or 2021 actually but the untethered soul great book i th- the biggest takeaway i had from that is this like the idea that when thoughts are coming, we have barriers and you have to let your thoughts get past those barriers. And when they don't thoughts get created around those thoughts. So as like, that was like the biggest takeaway, the power of now we have this thing at work. Um, like I I work for a, um, a software company and once a month we have this thing called CEO roundtables, where the CEO would like sit down and in groups of like 50 or 60 people, and we would just like ask him questions. And, uh one of the questions was about like self-improvement and life hacks and stuff like that. And the power of now was one of the books that he recommended. And I can't I can't uh, I can't say his name. What's his name? Um Eggart, what is it? Egard Tolle. Egard mm-hmm. Tolle. Yeah. So um I actually have that book being shipped to me like as we speak. So I'm That's super so excited funny. to re- <laughs> super excited to read that. I love it. Um, but yeah, I think um, you know, you mentioned the walk. Um for me, it's and I'm gonna get a little bit personal here, but the first one is um, I have to take a cold shower every single day, and it's two things. One, it's like a great reset for my mind, like in terms of whatever anxiety I'm feeling or whatever thoughts that I'm having that are like you mentioned unwanted. Right, when I take a cold shower and like that shock I get from my body, both like um, like internally um our CEO he actually he said that and when you take a cup of coffee a cold shower is like a cup of coffee for your entire body Mm -hmm. so for that it's like my I'm immediately in a positive mood and the second thing is I'm not going to do anything harder the rest of the day so that's like a big win for me and the second thing was I before I like walk into work every day I like sit in my car and I close my eyes and for like five minutes I just like do like a gratitude prayer where I say mm-hmm. everything that I'm like grateful for um, and just like envisioning like positivity into my life for whatever it is that I'm doing. So if the day before was horrible, I still just try to find the gratitude in anything and everything in my life. And that, that always helps. Um, But yeah, I think, I think that was really valuable. Do you yeah. have, do you have like any, when, when you deal with like self doubt, I think that's a very, that's a very big one for me because I think it's very easy everyone to like doubt themselves. So, like for you specifically, like how do how do how do you deal with it? Like, is it just like through your non-negotiables that you do, or like how do you go about it?
1: Yeah, self-doubt is an interesting one, and I honestly think that the journey in combating it for myself is something I more so developed only once I started to take action. So what I mean by this is like, you can read all of the self-development books out there. You can consume all the literature. You can work with a mindset coach. You can do your daily like affirmations, whatever. And and this is where it shifts for me from new age manifestation. And, and why I don't resonate with it as much is that you can only rely on your actions more than anything else you do. You cannot place so much power and so much dependence on affirmations to give you what you want or manifestation rituals to give you what you want. And so something that I really like to teach and and what I do with clients is like almost like organic manifestation. It's coming from within. So when it comes to self-doubt, the only and the best way that I've conquered that to this day has been doing the thing anyways. Um, And so Brene Brown and Liz Gilbert, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert talk about this all the time. Uh, Brene Brown uh, talks about it in her TEDx, and Elizabeth Gilbert in um, *Big Magic*. Fear is always going to be there. Like the the people who've made it in this world have made it with with fear. You take fear alongside you. Um, Brene Brown always says, like, I just take it in the back seat with me of the car when I'm going on a new journey. And then Elizabeth Gilbert's like, yeah, fear is like my partner. It comes with me everywhere, right? Um, it's there to protect you. It's, it's not like some people just magically have less fear than others. Sure. Some of us might have more fear in such certain areas. Right. Um, I don't want to be ignorant of people's like traumas by saying that statement or, um, you know, assume that people are all coming from the same level of privilege. Cause I know that's not the case, but fear is just such an innately thing wired within us evolutionarily that the only way that you can conquer self-doubt is by proving yourself wrong. Um, I've made, I've made some content on this that I might've taken down just because I took down so many of my old TikTok videos that were like low quality or yeah, I had this whole like this purge where I was like, I just (laughs) want my TikTok to look super, super, super clean. clean. Um, and so I have so much like good content that I need. To Your
0: Instagram is looking really good, by the, the way. Like I'm trying. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Yeah. The feed um, is yeah, amazing. I just did a
1: photo shoot. So go follow me guys. But anyways, um, so I only started believing in myself when I was still showing up, even though I was terrified, um, whether mm-hmm. this meant a YouTube video, whether this meant a TikTok, whether this meant a cold DM to a public figure to be on my podcast, um, whether this was me literally filming in public and not caring about what people said, I had to actually do the thing, whatever the thing was. I just, I had to do it. Um, right. and so it's like, yeah, I, I had my affirmations. I was still doing them every day. I was still journaling, but that didn't really And sure, I'm sure on a subconscious level, those things were helping. Right. Um, cause those practices have, have, uh, scientific, um, know scientific support for how how they actually work but it didn't compare to when I actually just did it and showed myself that I can and I proved myself wrong because by doing the action what you're doing is is basically negating all the narratives that your brain is telling you about yourself or has told you about yourself for so long right for me for you know an example of that was growing up I was always quiet in school I I did have social anxiety I was scared to speak up And so that was a narrative that my brain created about my entire identity, that Nista has social anxiety, Nista is shy, Nista is introverted, Nista can't do content. Um, But then what did I do by starting all of this? I told myself, Nista can do content, Nista can talk, Nista is comfortable sharing information with people. I started telling myself new stories about my identity. Um, So that's the most important is that you have to create new narratives about who you are.
0: That's awesome. 100%. 100%. I think that's a beautiful answer. Um, and I think, I think that's super valuable because before I actually got into this pod, I had like, cause this was the first time I was like actually interviewing someone. Right. And I was, I was like so nervous and I had like nerves and I was like, I was like, I, I was taking like deep breaths and stuff like that. But I was like, but like when you're like actually in it, when you're actually doing it, right. Like all those fear-based things that you have, they just immediately go away. And that was the same thing. Same thing I dealt with. I tell myself like, You have to keep the promises that you tell yourself and when you do that Mm -hmm. all the fear all the self doubt all that other stuff like it goes away because you're doing the thing to do it and you're not doing it for like any external benefits or rewards or like there's this great saying where it's like if you live for the cheers you'll die by the booze Mm -hmm. that's a that's a Mm -hmm. great saying that's a great saying that i like so you're just doing it to do it so
1: right and, and Hey, I almost love that you said that because it goes back to the beginning of our conversation where we talked about neutrality, right? Cause, um, so many gurus and monks share that as well as advice for people who are, uh, in the entrepreneurial space is don't, don't be so serious about your work or don't make it a much bigger deal than it is. Don't inflate your results. Like if you can be in a neutral position about anything, even your successes as a, as a successful entrepreneur, you made your first seven figures. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Celebrate. Be grateful. But don't make it a thing. It's like, that's just, it. That's it. That's it. Move on. Keep going. That's, that's so, so
0: – that's so, um, of course, we all know who Drake is. Um, I was actually I – was, I was watching a podcast of his – or not a podcast, like an interview. And it was uh, – I think it was like six, 12 months ago. But he had this super interesting saying, and I, like, always in the back of my head with anything, he goes, whenever I have any sort of success – right? I celebrate for 72 hours and that's it. Any, anytime Mm. I have something that like is negative or anything bad that goes on in my life, I can only dwell on it for 72 hours. That's it. So like, and I don't know, like the way I think, you know, the way he like carries himself and like the way he speaks, I think it's so, he's just like such a laid back, humble dude. And I think it goes back to that. He's not, he's not too high or he's not too low. He's just there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I okay, perfect. So before, um, and I know you're passionate about this next topic that I'm going to get into, but (laughs) really quick, um, you can make this as short or as long as you want. What makes you lose your cool nowadays? Oh
1: my gosh. This is like one of those things I want to answer in like, like a one word. I'm like, I'm like trying (laughs) to think, lose my cool. Um...
0: If you don't, that's cool. (laughs)
1: I almost feel like this is such a selfish answer. <laughs> it's because I'm living at home with my parents now. And um, I'm an only child. And so they yes. like,
0: they, baby.
1: Oh they... are you an only child too?
0: Yeah. So I have, I have a, I have a older, she's like 11 years older. She was like, um... so my dad's like first wife, she, mm-hmm um my dad had my sister you know with her and then with my mom now he had me so but like my sister's 11 years older than me so when I was growing up she was like in college and med school doing her thing so I feel like an only child
1: essentially an only child yeah 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 because I have friends with that type of age gap with siblings and they're like no I identify with being an only child I'm like yeah "Yeah, you actually like you give me only child energy I, I don't know it's this weird only child thing where I can just like sense it in other people yes but um I think because right now I'm in this this lost, I don't want to say lost, but this place of trying to find more clarity, like what I shared in the beginning of the podcast in terms of what I'm struggling with. And now that I'm at home and I've been living by myself prior to coming home, it's just the littlest things, right? It's like- like my mom babying me or being like, oh, let me, let me come cook for you. And it's it's yeah. the sweetest thing, right? Like, it's so sweet. But something in me is just like, okay, no, let me just figure it out. Let <laughs> me, I'll, I'll do it. I can cook for myself. I can clean for myself. It's... Or like my dad being like, your clothes are everywhere. I'm like, I, I'm going to clean my clothes. <laughs> I'm going to okay. clean my room.
0: It's like so, so, so relatable because I moved back home too in November of last year. And same thing. It's like, where you were, know, you
1: was, were you before so, it college? so, so no or? so before
0: I, I was actually living with my sister for a little bit of time because like she had a room and like had everything i needed and then they had like another kid so then i came back to my parents i was actually gonna buy like like an apartment or a house but i was like let me just come back like you know save some money spend time with my family because that's more important I'm, al- I'm only 21 you know i have all the time in the world right so um but that was the same thing i moved back here and um it's my mom my dad and my grandma and my mm-hmm. like my mom and dad are fine it's mainly my grandma like she will like come in like be like hey you want you want like chai and I'm like no I'm good like I just had one three hours ago like <laughs> and and literally like before this pod my dad came down literally I was it, the clock was at like seven fifty four, which was like a minute before you said you were going to join and he comes down and he looks like going through the fridge trying to look for fruit and I'm like I'm like yo you know I'm about to record a podcast like <laughs> what it's, are you doing
1: <laughs> every time we sit down to record a podcast my dad like I literally told him I'm like can you just go in the room I'm filming a podcast like he'll just like cough or sneeze so you know the brown dad sneeze he does that and I'm like crazy my guests can hear that my audience can hear.
0: You, you know even I'm just like you know what just do your thing just don't be super loud if you got to sneeze make no. like i don't even care at this point like <laughs> like yeah
1: literally i'm like at this point i've tuned it out where like you can go through my episodes and you'll probably hear it in a few of them like yeah it's just there
0: 100 i think it's just something that we that we got to live with right now but um transitioning into the next topic i want to talk about um something that i know you're big on because you've mentioned it in the past on you know some of your tiktoks and just something you're passionate about is our education system and how much it matters like in our culture like brown culture i'm sure you know um i'm super passionate about this because i've always been someone who's like been average in school right never like the person who was like the best but like not someone who just like was you know failing everything Do you have like any specific thoughts on our like current state of our education system and how it, I don't think it teaches us like the valuable skills that we need, just as like, like, like how to think, how to, how to, you know, read, write, how to speed read, how to think stuff like that. Right. Which I think is like the first thing schools should teach. So I was just wondering if you had like any like initial thoughts on the system before I get into like a little bit of a deeper question
1: do I have any thoughts on the school system I know you do (laughs) um yeah like I I was I was a student who like the first time that I ever just didn't do well my brain did not know how to process it it didn't right it was like oh you're a failure okay cool You, you can't you're worthless you can't do anything um that's how I was interpreting it at that stage of my life Um, so it's just, it's a lot of things. It's just, I mean, from an early age, like we're not teaching students to be aware of their emotions. It goes back to what we were just talking about earlier in terms of spirituality and where does it begin, right? It begins in, in the, the critical stages of brain development, which is preschool, kindergarten if we were teaching kids to become aware of their emotions and self-regulate their emotions at that stage of their lives, we would have probably presumably a really well-functioning society today. Um, It's the lack of the regulation. And I mean, the regulation comes after the awareness. It's the lack of the awareness that I think is, um, is why people make so many judgments about other people, why there's prejudice, why um, we jump to conclusions about other people or create assumptions or create schemas. So I just wonder how different of a world it would be if we incorporated those things in the school system, like mindfulness exercises, meditations after school. Um, There's some states that have started doing it, I'm forgetting which state it was, Uh, they offered it to third grade students and they were already noticing benefits and exam scores. Right. And um, it's, I don't know. It's this, it's this whole culture now where now we're getting kids tested for like ADHD and um, you know.
0: Yeah. I think, I think the ADHD thing, like I used to identify with it, but now I think it's like, I genuinely think it's like BS because you can teach yourself how to focus. Like, I definitely dist- yeah. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: I I definitely think there's um, because I never also want to be, want to discount you know, m- mental illness because I I do have friends who, um, who really do struggle with like depression and ADHD and and once they started meds, it really really started to help them and so like I think there's a lot of value in in the science as well and I I think for me it's like for a long time. I thought spirituality and meditation could, could heal everything. And now I'm at a place where I'm really challenging that. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if it can, I don't know if that's bypassing. So, but I think the culture, like you said, of just now like ADHD being so common and we're getting screenings for it for students at such a young age. And, um, you know, we, we have cognitive behavioral therapy. We have all these programs in school. I, I, it's, I always wonder how much of it now is is occurring in students or in individuals in general because we've made it almost such a culture um and that might be very controversial to say but something my parents always bring up is like they're like, in India, we didn't have any of this. They're like, we did not have counselors Literally. in schools. We didn't have therapists. We didn't have any of it. And we were fine. Like, we were good. And so they don't understand when I talk about, like, therapy and trauma. They're like, what trauma do you have? And, um, you know, I, I definitely fall in the middle ground of that. Of, like, I do think, I think the way that psychologists define trauma is just any point in your life in which an emotional behavior was, um, shown to you in which you did not feel seen. So it's very basic trauma can be anything as, as simple as you were ignored, um, at some point where you just wanted to be heard and that can create, create trauma. So it's a very, you know, that, that, that word psychologically can be used for, um, a variety of different mannerisms, um, in terms of their impact that's, that's been left on us. My parents see trauma as like an entirely different, my mom's like, when I think of trauma, I'm thinking nine one. like you had a stroke. Yeah. Like, I'm not thinking of you like going to like, she's like, I just don't understand any of this culture. Um, so I think there's an element of like, yeah, I mean, if we were having mindfulness programs in schools at such a young age, um, just our language of mental health how different would students be acting versus okay send your kid to adhd screening after school third grade versus hey we're having yeah. mindfulness meditations like how uh, much does our language contribute to what's happening
0: one thousand percent i think that was a great answer i think i think adhd like I want i want to make sure i include this because there are people you know who who really do go through with like ADHD. The thing that I have a problem with is like, I think people sometimes tend to like just blame their inability to like get work done or their inability to focus or their inability to just like sit down and get stuff done to like, Oh, I just have AD ADHD. And like, even me personally, like if I'm being like completely honest, like I don't even know what it like fully means. Right. Like I don't even know what, Uh, like that term or like all the symptoms and stuff like what it really means. And I don't think people do as well, but they just say that they do. And then it's like an, like an excuse to not get stuff done. But I think you can actually train yourself to sit down and get tasks done, learning how to time block, learning how to do tasks in like 20 minute increments, all of that stuff. I think it's really, really important. And I think our entire education system is revolved around like a lot, like, information overload and then our inability to like dissect all that information, retain it. Right. And actually like comprehend it because people learn in very different ways. Not everyone learns through just information overload. People learn through like pictures or graphs or like reading a lot flash, like all those different types of things. So you talk a lot about, you know, like education reform and that mindfulness and that awareness do you think there's sh- there would be like have you talked to people like extensively about like this education reform? And if you have, like, how would you change the way like the school specifically, like right now, like how would you change the way they work based off of you know your previous experiences and the talks that you've had with other people?
1: Yeah, I've so I actually spoke to the school county, um I don't know if he's I don't know if Dean is the right title. Um, basically that the head of the school County um, mm-hmm. here in, in, in where I, where I live. And um, I also spoke to a psychologist who was just on my podcast uh, actually two weeks ago about this. So you might've briefly checked mm-hmm. out that episode yeah. as well. And I did. I did um, start
0: watching it. I did.
1: Yeah. And yeah, uh, I spoke to her, I spoke to a couple teachers actually uh, currently in the school system, Um, just done extensive research on it. And then I've also read another resource uh, that I really recommend is The Teenage Brain. Uh, It's a book by Frances E. Jensen, who goes specifically into the neuroscience of basically all of the effects of stressing kids out uh, at a young age. Um, And so part of it goes into stress from school which is the chapter that I really related to the most in the book. Uh, Because for me, yes, I think what was really debilitating was just like, again, I'm mostly hyphenate. I'm very creative. My mom forced me to go into like hella extracurriculars growing up. And just each one I did, there was this intuitive ability I had. And and this isn't me trying to be self-appraising or like whatever, but there's this intuitive ability I had to just learn and grasp. And I loved everything that I did so much. Um, And so the first time that I didn't do well, like I said earlier in this conversation, I did not know how to handle it. My brain was literally, it had never experienced not understanding something. Like it had never experienced failure. And so to have all of that now Cortisol um, and, and the neuroscience of it is in the book and it's explained beautifully. Um, so I won't butcher it. But to have all of the stress that's being placed basically um, on your nervous system uh, can actually deeply, deeply affect certain regions of the brain, which then cause us to lose motivation. And so that's what was happening to me in middle school. And then there was a phase where I had that recur in high school. And I think what was most unfortunate about the education system's response to it is that my teachers at those stages of my life thought I was simply unmotivated. Um, not that I was going through something much deeper, um, because I don't think that we educate teachers on truly on, on what mental health and mental illness looks like. Like, Yeah, sure, I, I, the ADHD thing is huge nowadays, right? But um the actual effects of the nervous system in the brain when students don't do well in school. What does that look like? And how does that show up um, in our outwardly behaviors? And so I remember explicitly, one of my teachers told my mom at a parent-teacher conference, Nista should thank her team members for the results of the project because that's the only reason that it ended up doing so well. And I remember at that stage of my life, um, I was equally contributing to the project I very much was communicative with all the team members. I wasn't slacking on the team, but my outward behavior in the classroom when I was there in person, um, I wasn't. I, I wasn't as as proactively speaking up. Um, I was going through a really, really, really dark phase, but I didn't feel comfortable opening up to that teacher about. Um, so the fact that I was having the thoughts that I was having at 15 in her classroom. Um, And that's what information was being fed then later to my mom because of her interpretation that I was simply slacking um, was very disappointing. And that's basically the day that I decided I'm going to do this for the rest of my life in terms of being an advocate for changing the education system so no student feels that way ever again. Um, So there's a lot. I think the fact that it's standardized and the benchmarks for success are so numeric is, is a huge one. Um, a lot of schools have now started letting go of. Um, I think they they completely reformatted the SATs, and a lot of schools have also let go of SATs as even um, a, a, a prerequisite, like a requirement. So there's there's slow a uh, slow advances being made, but I think I just I I took a class called AP Capstone that was all interactive. It was all mm-hmm. research based. We would just pick topics that we cared about and write essays on it and then go present it at, uh, we did one at the Pulitzer Center for Crisis and Reporting and one at the Department of Education in DC. And that was like my favorite class ever in my life because there were no, there was a loose syllabus for how it would go and like loose grading marks, but all of it was based in writing and research and speaking and critical thinking in uh, response to answering questions. we basically got to present to industry experts at both of these locations. And so getting to network with them and learning how to do that at like 17, 18 is just massively useful. I wonder how different things would be if that classes like that were just commonplace and like the dynamics of those classes were kind of how the school system today was run.
0: Yeah. No, hundred percent. I think, I think there was a lot there to like unpack because For me personally, when I was in school, I never had like this experience of really like digesting the things that I was learning, right? So when I was in, you know, elementary, junior high, even like some aspects of like high school up until like my sophomore year, I did really well, you know, like I never had a problem with homework. It was like the same thing like you, like I would always be able to get things done, never had to like study or whatever that stuff was, and then like junior senior year of high school came and then even college, it's like, I'm able to do the work, but there's two things. The first thing was like, I don't really like understand this. And when I read something, I don't know how to like comprehend it and write about it or anything like that. And then the second thing was like, I just like, didn't really, this kind of sounds bad to say, but I like, just didn't really care for it. Like it it was like, what, what what am I learning? Like, what is this for? Like, why am I paying this college money to, get this education. And then like the job I have right now, I, I could, I, I would have been able to get like that same type of job if I had still been in university graduated and I would have been in the same job. Now I have like, you know, two and a half years of experience. I developed all these relationships and bonds with people at work. And now I can use that experience to go get a bigger, better job or apply it in any way, shape or form. And I wish schools did a little bit more things revolving around like creativity. I think we as human beings are the most creative, like when we're young and the older we get through school, that creativity like slowly starts to get like taken away. And like for just like you and I, like we're trying to explore that creativity. Now the content we make, it's about the things that we are genuinely curious about the things that we want to implement our creative efforts into. So Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people want to get out of that schooling system, but it's like very hard to take that jump to like go left when others go right. Right. And it's like the amount of friends that I have that are just like in it for their parents or just to get it done or just to like, oh, I'm just going to get this job and be safe. And the next thing they know, they're going to be like 25 and, oh, you have a got to get engaged. So you got to keep that job. So I told myself I was like, look, I'm a, I'm gonna like, leave, right, and start working and figure out whatever the heck it is I'm trying to do, and I'm slowly starting to get a grasp of it. And my mom always asks me, she's like, hey, like, what's your plan? Like, what's your plan? Like, what are you trying to do, right? You know how brown parents are, and it's like, mom, I don't, I, I'm just doing the thing that I like to do, and living here, spending time with you guys, trying to be present, and trying to hence the name of this podcast is like create an impact right <laughs> so I, I just think that's like why, why do you think it's so hard for people to like just take that leap to go left when others go right like I, I i just i just i just had the idea like i just did it and i don't i don't i don't recommend everyone do it like be smart with your decision making right but i just like dove head first into it so yeah. i always tell myself is like just do it, man. You got one life.
1: Yeah. Fear of judgment. I mean, it's again another one of those. I, I think it's the primary evolutionarily evolutionary fear that we talked about earlier in this podcast. Um, what Brene and what Elizabeth talk about in their books is uh, the when they when they mention fear, I deeply believe it's just the fear of actually just being seen and you are seen, then you might be rejected. And if you're rejected, that's one of the biggest threats to the nervous system, just based on evolution. Right. Um, in our tribal days, but I, I really think that's what it comes down to. I know so many people who ask me all the time, I want to start content. I want to start content, but I'm scared. Like do it. (laughs) I'm scared. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's that simple. That's awesome.
0: I think, yeah. yeah, I think, I think, I think it being that short and sweet, like fear of judgment, that's perfect. Um, I have two more topics. I'm going to limit it to like one question. So, um, the next thing I want to talk about is like actual content and the stuff that like content, like physically, like the stuff that you put out, I'm big on the idea of like documenting versus creating. So the reason I wanted to do this 365 days straight is quantity, quantity, quantity first, and then figure out the quality. So, um, I'm documenting my journey of everything that i'm learning the stuff that i'm talking every single day for you specifically like moving forward are you do you lean more towards like like do you like sit down plan stuff out like script it out and like fully like create it or do you just like have thoughts and read things and be like okay cool i'm just going to document my thoughts on this
1: this is so weird the questions you're asking me today because they're literally like everything from the conversation i was having with my my friend earlier today from like what am i struggling with to this like very question um yeah no i'm an intuitive creator so like as much as i want to be like the content batching girly who has like the day of the week and she films i it's not in me yeah. i just <laughs> i pick up the phone and i do it and i hit publish <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's really that simple
0: yeah 1000 percent awesome and then um i think i think that's the best way to create content though because in those intuitive moments when everything's just like coming and clicking, that's when you can fully create. And if you're comfortable, I want to talk about a little bit about your business briefly. Um, cause I think it's super cool. I know you do like the coaching and speaking engagements and I'm still, you know, super early in this journey of like even starting to think of this as like a business, like in the long term. cause there's just some stuff I gotta, you know, understand and do like if you're comfortable sharing again, at what point did you feel like you were ready to start charging for like any sort of services that you're giving? And the thing that I struggle with is like feeling like I have the competency to actually teach someone something, right? So like, how did you get to that point And when did you know that, okay, Nista, I can teach someone something and charge this price?
1: I'm so glad you asked that because I think one, enough people don't ask that. And two, this is my first time being asked that on um, a podcast. So my first time I I had those exact fears when I decided to establish myself as a coach Um, that really came from just a ton of people DMing me being like, yo, I have this question, yo, I need your help. And I was like, okay, I can eventually start charging for this. Cool. Uh, but I didn't feel like ready, right? At that point in time. So I'm like, let me just work with people one-on-one for X amount of time, do like five sessions each with them, see what results they get, have them write me testimonials, and then go from there. Um, so I was working with a lot of people for free. I was just getting on calls with people. And um, the results that were happening were, were insane. Um, this one girl, Changed her major to something she was really passionate about after her parents were like not really supportive of it and pushing her down a certain path she changed her major from bio to psych said she didn't want to be a doctor anymore um another uh client got out of a, a long-term relationship and is now actually happily in a new healthy relationship so these things were happening and I was like okay cool let me just put a rate on it and so I put a very like Very low rate in the coaching industry uh, on what I was charging for an hour. This was maybe timeline wise. I want to say this was in August. I had started making content in March. And then I think I started charging. My first client paid was either September or October. So it was like a, like a, six to eight month journey until I started even offering free things. I think maybe, like I said, seven, eight months in, I was like charging. I would have to go back to the exact dates. Um, But I don't think I would have charged if I hadn't noticed the results from like the free, the free, Mm -hmm. you know, sessions I was doing. So uh, yeah, it was a very, very meager rate. And then I only went up way later, like the next year um, Mm -hmm. because it was just client after client and the results were insane. And at that point I was building up my personal credentials in terms of, um, you know, TEDx, Barnes and Noble. So I I had more things under my belt to be able to sell myself uh, on a higher rate. And so I did that. And then, um, yeah, now my coaching was actually, I don't even call it coaching. I actually call it just manifestation mentorships. It's very specific, very short. People want a strategy call. Yeah. links in the bio and we can just work out some kinks
0: yeah i'll uh i'll obviously you know link all your stuff um down below do you did you have like any like me- like it's funny asses like did you have like any mentors or anything like that in terms of like learning because I, I i watch i'm like a business nerd right like i'm like, the, cause like the stuff, a lot of the stuff that we talk about, like the mindset, spirituality and all that, it's kind of new to me. Like, I'm I've always been like business, 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 and learning that aspect. And I've, I've been watching podcasts and like learning how to like build like a landing page and sales and like how to actually position an offer. Do you like, did you get an understanding of like how to position an offer for you, like for your business? Like, did you do any sort of like diving into that? Yeah,
1: all. so I was honestly consuming more probably business content at this stage of my life than personal development. I think the personal development stuff was, was more of like a personal journey I was going through. And it was kind of like something I was just coming across very much in my personal life. Um, but when I was actually creating this brand and putting myself forward, what I was actively looking for was always like the career business oriented side to it. So I was very much in that world of like, even today, a lot of my for you page on TikTok is like creating those landing pages, those sales pages, building out your offers. Um, I had a lot of friends and networking, uh, connections I was making in the industry at this point. So I would ask them for help, like, Hey, what's in your contract. And they were kind enough to even share their contract with me. And things that should go in that I was getting on calls with, um, a lot of other professional coaches, like free discovery calls. And they would just give me like mentorship. So I was, I was hungry for information awesome. and I was going everywhere to find it. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't say business is something that comes intuitively to me. It's definitely something I've had to like teach and pick up from people. So I feel like you and I are kind of compliments there.
0: Yeah, no, 1000%. It's cause I've, um, like before, like when I, when I turned like 18, 19, like my first year in college, I always had this, like, you know, it was like big and like that drop shipping era of real estate and like all that stuff you see on, you know, Instagram, TikTok. And like, like I didn't take it at Facebook. Like I actually like wanted to learn and do that. So I tried a lot of those things and I was like, it was like failure after failure after failure. So I was like, you know what, like doing this stuff, like podcasting is something that I really enjoy. And then I got introduced to the idea of like, you can turn anything you enjoy into a business eventually. If you do it for a long period of time without thinking you're like better than you are stuff like that. So like always learning. Awesome. So all of this stuff, incredible, super amazing stuff. I want to end off the pod with uh, two questions, super, super intricate ones for me and this podcast, because um, I'm sure, you know, everything I'm about is like figuring out and asking questions that, Are deep and that mean a lot to me and that I care about. What's a deep question that you've struggled to sometime find an answer to that I can explore deeply on my podcast that I can make like a full episode on?
1: You're killing it with these questions. Um, Oh my gosh. I think the deepest one that like everyone asks themselves is just like, why am I here?
0: Mm, I love that. Like That's it almost
1: excellent. goes, to, it goes to level deeper than what's my purpose, but it's like, like, like what is my existence? Like mm-hmm. what is all of this? I, I question that a lot. Very
0: existential. 1000%. Yeah. I, it's funny. It's funny you use the word exit exit. I can't even say it, but, <laughs> but I was, I was talking to a good friend of mine for, who goes to university of Michigan and um, he runs like this big entrepreneurship program across the, or across the country for like ambitious people. And he talked about like this idea of like nihilism and like the idea of like, what do we believe? Like, and if nothing really matters, like we should just go all in, in our life. So super, super cool stuff. But, but yeah, the, uh, the question why I'm here, like, why am I here? I think it'll be fun for me to explore and then answer it for myself right on the pod and then see what feedback I get from other people. And then the last question I have um, I want to, I want to do this, thing where at the beginning of every single podcast, when I have another guest on, I want to ask them the question that you left me off with from this podcast. So what's a question that I can ask the next guest Ooh. that comes into this pod. So um just yes. it's 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 usually people like you know, you know, in the business world, um just honestly my friends sometimes want to come on. So if you have, if you have just a cool question that I can start off the pod with them, that'd be great.
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, if you want to make it like an icebreaker question, mm-hmm. I feel like. who? I feel like you could even have them be like, like, talk about their biggest quirk or be like, what's your biggest quirk or like the silliest ooh. thing about or even like, I don't know if people want to share this, like the first second they're on the podcast, but like their most embarrassing moment. Um, like if you want to really crack the ice, I guess, depending on how close you are with them. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I love it. You can I love even it. do like Let's get right like, into it.
1: Yeah, you can even do like green flags you look for in like mm. friendships, because then it kind of gives you an idea of like what they like about other people, since it's like a conversational thing.
0: I like the way you think. Awesome. Well, um, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for all of this. And uh, by the way, for all the listeners, I'll I'm gonna leave um, all of Nista's uh, socials and her website and the book in the description of the pod. So, um, you know, feel free to check all that out and you want to, you know, shout yourself out. Where can, uh, people find you?
1: Yes. Um, so my Instagram and TikTok are both at Nista Dube. That's N I S T H A D U B E. My website is nistadube.com. And then uh podcast is on both spotify and apple podcasts and youtube now uh conversations with nista and then my book um is on amazon beyond the skin barnes and noble beyond the skin and then you can also just see it on my website under the book tab
0: i love your website by the way it's thank you
1: oh my gosh shout out to uh zk designs that's my uh that's my designer um, that's awesome she's awesome yeah
0: that's awesome so yeah i, I have um To end off the pod, I always do this thing called the gentleman's agreement where um, essentially the agreement is between like me, the person who hosts the pod and, um, you know, you, my guest, and then also the people who um, are listening. So, This is an introduction. The introduction to the gentleman's agreement is um, for those of you who are listening and uh, for NISTA, there's three things that, you know, you have to do. And then what I do is I give you a podcast every single day for all the listeners. That's my end of the agreement. No matter what I got to do or how hard it is, the outlining, all the work, doesn't matter. You will have a pod every day at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. And for you guys, you got to do three quick things. You got to follow the pod on Spotify or wherever you guys get your podcasts. That's number one. Number two, you have to give it a five-star rating. I have the saying, I've never had my heart broken and I don't intend on having it broken. So if you want to leave me a four stars or anything below, that'll semi-break my, four uh, four stars I'm becoming accepting of. It won't break my heart that much, but three or below, it'll break my heart. And last but certainly not least, share this podcast with someone who is into the manifestation, spirituality, business, content world, and someone that. just get some sort of value out of this um so thank you guys so much for joining me and thank you so much for nista for taking the time to come on this pod and like i always say make sure you guys uh take care tell someone that you love them and go do something nice for someone because they deserve them thank you so much nista i appreciate you guys and i'll see you you guys tomorrow peace